Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along, check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax, and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Clapham Grand. Please welcome a man who's still sweaty from last week, and you know what that means. It's Richard Herring! very much you're not as good as last week's audience because they carried on applauding until i picked up the microphone so thank you very much lovely to see you um there's lots of seats isn't it it's very exciting welcome to richard herring's lungfish salmon tuna podcast podcast fish 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 four fish in there there is such thing as a fish so that's four i've just listed four of them i could do more Though I was hanging around with the Muppet Babies the other day, and uh, how did come they were all at school together in the same age? Didn't get that impression that they were all in nursery school together. Do you remember the Muppet Babies? I think they should do a baby's version of every TV show. I think that would be good. Uh, Chernobyl Babies. That would be good. It's, it's what we need. Um, anyway, they, the Muppet Babies call it Rahalastapas. So I uh, wonder, wonder if that'll catch on. Not today. No, very, very tough audience today. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, it's like I've been rude to you or something. Why, what's wrong with people? Um, so look, um, I've, I've been hanging around with the kids a lot. And, uh, the, but the other, the, on Saturday, uh, my in-laws took my children away from me for the whole day and the night. 
and I slept in till eight o'clock in the morning and felt amazing. I thought if I could go back 10 years and tell myself that I slept till eight o'clock in the morning, I'd go, what, you, you got up really early? Oh no, you don't understand. It's an incredible thing. And it's sort of this weird thing with when your kids are away in that you're so glad they're gone and yet you still miss them as well. And that is very, it's very, it ruins the whole thing. I hate them and I love them so much. Uh, it's a terrible thing. Um, my daughter, when I, take a, when I pick her up from school, this is my favourite thing she does at the moment, um, she'll come on, she gives me all her bags and her coat and her water bottle and stuff and then runs away going, I'm free, I'm free! <laughs> it's the most... And then she runs all the way to the school gate where she hides and waits for me and she hides in the same place and then tries to surprise me. But I just, that's, so, that's not going to last forever, is it? That moment of her running away. It's so beautiful. Uh, she did also come up with the best joke uh, that the Herring family has ever come up with. I'm doing a puppet show at the moment, Rich Herring's Twitch of Fun, and I had some new puppets, one of which was a dragon of hers uh, that uh, she's had since she was a baby and, and she wanted me to uh, make it into a character. And I said, what should we call it? And I was trying to come up with a a name for a dragon, and she said we should call it Dragon Bone Man, which, uh, <laughs> just t- off the top of her head. That's pretty unbeatable, isn't it? <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, so, very good. Every, every TV show should have a Muppet baby. Shouldn't have a baby's version, shouldn't it? Every t- the news, the, be- the news babies. Just all the newsreaders when they were babies in nursery together. Wouldn't it if they're just, you know, other ones? Just think of some other ones of your own. I can't do everything for you. I've come up with the concept. We might, we might see if, uh, if our guests have any ideas for that. Look, let's get them on, because there's loads of them. There's a lot of people to get through. It's just going to take us a long time just to get through what they're best known for. My guests this week are best known. One of them is best known for playing in the same five-a-side team as Tim Key, but forgetting him when he met him later. <laughs> one of them is best known for his being a writer on one episode of Newsoids. <laughs> one of them is best known for her appearance on The One Show. That's why we're all here to see her. And one of them is best known for co-hosting the cryptozoology podcast, The Cryptid Factor. <laughs> There's some nerds in tonight. Unsurprisingly, it's two generations of nerds have come together. Let's hope no one breeds tonight for the sake of humanity. Together, they are best known for appearing on the hit TV show, No Such Thing as the News. That is what they're best known for. Will you please welcome the team from No Such Thing as a Fish, ladies and gentlemen, here they are. No Such Thing as the News. Come in. <laughs> do, they, do they have an order prepared? Oh, hello. Hello. Hi, guys. Hooray. Uh, you know what, Rich? We've, we've been all arguing about where we were going to sit. Thank you. Right. Um, and we, none of us wanted to sit where Andrew is because we're all so intimidated by you. Okay. <laughs> well, I've been given a really rickety chair that I'm yeah. not sure is going to last the <laughs> podcast. So you've, it's, you've won. This is like an interview technique where you're going, give give the interviewer the worst chair and then we will win uh, is there another series of no such thing as the news in the pipeline well uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a long yeah. pipeline. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, we technically got... haven't been cancelled. They just stopped returning our calls. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it was so cheap to make. It looked it anyway. So um, <laughs> it did. It genuinely. Our first message that we got as an email from someone who watched it said, "It looks like a hostage video," <laughs> yeah. and and it really did. We were melting on set. We did it in a comedy club in Greenwich up the creek, yeah. and the the heat was so great that we were literally melting on BBC TV. Yeah. It looked horrible. They gave me ice packs to put down my neck <laughs> so that I'd stay slightly dry. Yeah. It didn't work. <laughs> but in a hostage video, you would have a today's newspaper to show that mm. yeah. it was yeah, being filmed true. out. And we basically did just have the papers as yeah. our only props. So, yeah. I, I like to think that if any of us were ever in a hostage video, we would just recite interesting facts from the week's news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're going to kill me. And a lizard with five heads has been discovered. And the captor's going, listen, we can't kill you. This is really popular. It's doing great numbers on <laughs> <Yeah>. YouTube. <laughs> we'll make this we... weekly. That's a I, good think, plot. But... I think they'd be like, nah, let's kill them and get the mash report instead. <laughs> <laughs> and then they cancelled that. So what can you do? Yeah. Sure, you are making more money from the podcast than you could from the TV show, though, surely, anyway. So it kind of feels like TV, as, as often with podcasts, feels like almost a backward step from... Don't you think? It's, sort of, it's, it's got to that stage already where... It's, it, TV's got so small budgets that actually a successful podcast certainly and the American we can't ones. cancel ourselves no, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no you're right and you kind of trick yourself into thinking the success is TV which is why you do it but actually the podcast is just well, we, the best, we, we wouldn't have been, been able to make nearly as much either because you can make a weekly podcast but yeah. uh, you know there aren't many weekly TV shows I mean, question, the, question. The news time. is daily. The news. Yeah, the news is daily, yeah. More than once a day. What TV show would you like to see a baby's version, like the Muppet Babies, but of a TV show, as I discussed? In EastEnders. EastEnders Babies, that would be good. <laughs> yeah. But all the people have to be the set, they have to be babies at the same time. So there's a Doc Cotton baby in there <laughs> as well. Chain smoking. <laughs> That's what, because that's what the Muppet Babies, they're all the same age. That's, yeah. no, that can't be right. They can't have been the same age. And they must, they, they, it changes the whole story of the Muppets that they, are you aware of the Muppet Babies? Was it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it them as babies? Yeah, they're all in a nursery together or something. It's like they've all, so they've already all met, which ruins the Muppets, surely, because they, they wouldn't have, I don't know if the, yeah. the heckler guys, Waldorf and what's-his-face were in there? Statler. Oh, yeah, were they, they were just... They were already middle-aged men in that series. They should be. In Muppet Christmas Carol, they're, they're young. You see them young in the, the Fozzy Wigs dance bit. Oh, come on, you don't know about Muppets Christmas... You don't know everything about Muppets Christmas Carol? I'm afraid Carol. I don't. What? No. Well, I'm going to come on and do a whole episode of No Such Thing as Fish <laughs> where it's well, Muppet Christmas Carol. These guys know all about them, don't you? you? You guys know everything about movies. I don't know anything apart from Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. That's the only movie I know anything about. Yeah. I have no idea what anyone's talking about. Okay, good. We'll move on. Yeah. I hadn't planned to really talk about this. Um, (laughs) So, James. Oh, hello. You played five-a-side football with Tim Key, but didn't realise until you met him years later and it took you a while to work work out how you knew each other. I didn't know he was Tim Key at the time. Well, I knew he was Tim Key at the time, but I didn't know he was going to become Tim Key. Yeah, but then you should have recognised him when he was Tim Key, when you knew him, and then you met him and he was Tim Key still. Yeah, I thought that amazing, you know comedian and writer and poet has the same name as the guy I used to play football with. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was he like when he was Tim Key, the football player? He was very good, actually. Was yeah. he a nice guy? Um, yeah, he was, he was a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I mean, I'm not going to say he's a cunt. I was, <laughs> I was hoping you would just for the, for the listeners. Uh, no, annoyingly, he is really nice, Tim Key. I'm was sure he good at football? Yeah, football? he's really good. He had a good engine about him. Right. Yeah, he played like a midfield dynamo where he'd run around the whole bit and I'd just stand up next to the goal and 
knock the ball in. Sure. That's, that's, the, well, that's the, glory, the glory position. Yeah. yeah. This is the glory hole. The I glory hole, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, James, as well, while I'm on you, have aphan- aphantasia. I do, yes. And so do I. And so do you, Let's yeah. just talk about that and ignore everyone else. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> what that's like. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> aphantasia, we are unable... So is it the same as me, that you're unable to visualise uh, yeah, solid so images? Everyone has different ways of kind of visualising things. Some people can imagine like a whole movie inside their head. Some people a bit less than that. Sometimes people images and some people literally nothing. And I think you're the same as me, Rich. Like, yeah. Literally nothing. I can't imagine what my wife looks like. I can't imagine what anyone looks like. I can't imagine what a square looks like. I just can't imagine anything. So how do you two know that you're talking to each other? <laughs> <laughs> Someone it's has to tell question. you just beforehand. You're going to be talking to him. He's going to. I can sort of. I've got. You know, I, I can not quite visual. It's like I can almost visualize it as a flash yeah. behind my mind's eye. So if I think of my wife for a very short, brief millisecond, I can see her face. But every yeah, occasionally, and then when you try and move towards it, it disappears. It's like ephemeral, and, and you can't imagine it. But can you can re- you can you can remember it once you see it again. Yeah, you can imagine things when you when you see them. It's like, oh, that's Richard Herring. I remember him. It's like, but um, then I did kind of see my wife in the street and didn't recognize her immediately. So it's like you kind of remember things about them. So, can, like, the, yeah. I've got a question. Can you remember a photo that you've seen with people you know in it? No, I can't remember. I can't imagine anything. But, it, but no, no, no. But that, that, I'm thinking of that as, as memory. But no, it, I see it's using the I same. Can re- I can remember things, and I, but it's a different way of remembering, I guess. So I, I don't have a problem recognizing faces. I remember your face, but I just can't bring. I can't bring it to mind. If I'm really just drifting off to sleep, I can dream, and in my dreams I have images. And when I'm drifting off to sleep, I can sometimes see things but I can't really control what they are. So, so when like... did you find out you had it, Rich? Because I found out there was like a brain scientist on the radio show we did, which was Museum of Curiosity, and he said some people can't imagine things in their brain. And I'm like, some people can? That's amazing. <laughs> but you can't really tell what other people... I didn't, I didn't even realise I couldn't do it. So I just, it wasn't until, uh, I think, Bethany Black, a previous guest on this podcast, uh, tweeted something about a, a thing with the a- apples and what do you imagine? Some people see the solid am- apple they can spin around. Some see a black and white apple. Some people see a blurry apple. Some people see nothing. And I realised I could see nothing. And until that moment, I'd assumed that I could see things. Well, I head. find it really interesting that you're quite creative, right? <laughs> so you create, like, shows all the time. So... That's really difficult for me. I can't do that because I can't really imagine stuff. So facts is fine because I can remember facts, but I right. can't come up with stories and stuff like that. Right. Can so, you guys yeah. remember what Andy McNabb doesn't look like? <laughs> when you see the silhouette in TV shows, <laughs> can you picture that? I found it really interesting that you remembered what Andy looks like because like, a lot of people have trouble with that, even who don't have the <laughs> That's true. Do you remember that yeah. drawing that we got of all four of us? Yeah. And it was like a draw. They were stick drawings, but I was someone with stupid hair and Dan was someone with glasses and... Anna was someone in women's clothes and women's hair, and Andy was just a stick figure. Just uh... <laughs> classic stick man. That's true. In fact, we do sometimes get people doing fan art for the podcast, and it's almost always three quite distinct people, and then just a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
There was another one. I think this was a separate one, which was a yeah. picture of us at a party. The three of us, me, James and Dan, at a party. And then Andy was serving his drinks in a waiter's outfit, serving his drinks yeah. on a tray. And that hadn't been a feature of the show they were referencing at all. <laughs> Not a bit. <laughs> See, I was wondering, because you're successful, and there's four, I wondered, A, do you regret there being four of you? Because you could have done this with two or three of you. And then the, the huge amounts of money you're making would have been split much uh, more favourably. Yeah. But if you had to get rid of one of you, which, which one would it be and would it match up with the one I would get rid of? If, it was... <laughs> if so I was who, making Are that... you going to tell us who no, you No, you tell me of. first and then I'll tell you. <laughs> who I think is superfluous in the, in the foursome. Okay, oh. I've been waiting for this question. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's hot competition, obviously. I used to be kind of un like replaceable when I used to edit the podcast but like the last two or three weeks I've stopped editing so I'm on the chopping block now I think mm. yeah I think I'd lose me I think I oh good okay now we're yes. getting no, somewhere okay now, finally. finally something we can all agree on <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we, the Dan before the show they just said we're trying to get rid of Dan is there a way you could bring this up <laughs> We'll it's just so get great. him to leave during the podcast yeah. and that'll be it. We'll never see him again. Dream scenario, he'll say he'll go on his own. So, quote it nicely. Well, Anna's got to stay because, you, you know, you can't, be, you can't have three blokes. Yeah, can't have three blokes. Yeah. That's a very blokes. powerful position. Yeah. yeah. I could do fuck all for five t- years. They'd have to keep me. <laughs> Anne Miller is excellent when she comes on the podcast, I have yeah, to say. Yeah, I can dispose of Anne. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a threat, Anne, if you're listening. <laughs> No, I think you need all four of you. I think you're all, except for Dan, a very important part. Can I ask you a quick question? Yes. You mentioned Bethany Black. Yes. And she wrote a fact on Twitter a long time ago, and I messaged her, and she didn't write back. Um, so, uh, is, this her... the, is this the forum for... <laughs> <laughs> so she wrote about this thing, which was... Um, the comedian Ian Cog- who passed away Ian Cognito yeah. apparently you know that great story about how millions of dollars were spent on a pen to take into space and the Americans you know years and years millions of dollars they get up there and then the Russians took a pencil yes that's, that's a kind of thing that said it's, it's apocryphal it's not true but she said that it was Ian Cognito who came up with that as a stand up joke and then that permeated as real fact for many right. years. Do you know, because you must have known him, I'm guessing. I did know him. I don't know, I didn't know about that, though, so I hadn't, I hadn't heard him doing that. I mean, he was such an incredible uh, one-off comedian and was very uh, anarchic, but he did have some excellent jokes as well. Yeah. And that is, that's, that, that's a good joke, and it's also... Yeah. And it is good because it sounds like it's plausibly true as well. The other week, David Baddiel told me that the story about uh, him being heckled with... Uh, nobody likes you, you must remember that from school. Uh, <laughs> wasn't actually about him. I think he'd told that it was a heckle, but it wasn't about him. So it's interesting how... Well, I found that, like, I've been doing a lot, a lot of re- reading and listening to audiobooks about history recently, and nearly every fact about certainly Anglo-Saxon and medieval kings and monarchs, the thing you remit that they're known for like burning cakes or turning back the tide or whatever, they never actually did. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of interesting that the made-up thing is the thing that... And getting shot with an arrow in the eye, that, wasn't, that didn't happen. It's the made-up thing that sticks. And the yeah. story, it's the story rather than the truth. Is, and, you know, maybe there's something for us all to learn 
in modern yeah. worlds about that. <laughs> but it is kind of crazy how you can live, yeah, live a whole di- life of being King Alfred and the one thing you remembered for, you didn't fucking... It would be fur- infuriating, mm. wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Get to heaven and go, oh, you're, the, you're the bloke who put in the case. No, I fucking didn't! Yeah. <laughs> how dare you? We often say on the podcast, because we talk about interesting characters from history, but it's obviously the one horrible moment in their life that sometimes makes us laugh most. It's like, ah, they've probably not been spoken about for 150 years. (laughs) Here we are. Who was the guy who died because he put a a whale's penis bone into his own penis? Oh, one of the founding fathers. Governor Governor Morris. Governor Governor Morris, Morris. yeah. Yeah. And really, that's if you Google Governor Morris, you only get the whale penis the whale bone penis thing. What did he, so just for clarification, he... Oh, he kind of, he... You know, New York City, he worked out what the road system of that. Yeah. He was one of the signers of the um, Declaration of Independence, yeah. I think. You know, he did all these amazing things, but he died after putting a whalebone up his penis. And really, there's no way back from that. Well, yeah. And was he doing that to give himself an erection? I mean, to like, no. to, as, a, as no, a way of... he was of, trying to cure her. He had, he, a, he had some kind of problem. Uh, he had a UTI, I think, or something yeah. like that. He's yeah. a pipe, so he's using it as a pipe cleaner. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Well, and there is, is a lesson in that, there I think. Is. Just don't put a whalebone up your penis yeah. and you'll be all right. And live. But if you do, and it stays in there, permanent erection. So it's worth the... Is that yeah. good? Would you want that? <laughs> I mean, you know, well, it's good. it'd be better than the alternative. Because humans are quite unusual that we don't have bones in our penises, right? Yeah. yeah. But there surely should be some kind of surgeon out there who's thinking, you know, let's put that right. Yeah. But what would we need it for? Permanent erection. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't think that's a good thing. No, I, like, I agree. Well, no, Dan, but Dan, don't you remember crocodiles do have permanent erections? But they. Don't you remember? <laughs> but it's, it's, on, it's on the from inside. That, from our trip to the zoo that time, don't you yeah. remember? It's on the inside, it's sort of behind a pair of. Um, sort of muscular curtains. Yeah, it's like behind a pay- <laughs> behind a paywall, isn't Muscles it? Muscles behind a paywall. <laughs> <laughs> and if you subscribe, if you'd like to subscribe, whoop, out it pops. So that's useful. Because it's always ready, but it's just sometimes hidden. Mostly hidden. Okay. Yeah. You, anyone can claim they've got an erection if it's behind a pair of muscular curtains all the time. <laughs> so I, I read today about the time to penis spreadsheet, which I guess in this episode we have hit. Oh, so some, yes. someone has a, has yeah. a time to mentioning the penis. That was a fan of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Clive Murray is his name. Yeah. We just got a random email saying, I've gone through every single episode you guys have done, and I've worked out the first time penis is mentioned in every episode, and it's time to penis is the TTP. And yeah. what was the quickest? It was actually, we kind of, didn't we fake an episode where we just said penis right at the top? I don't so. think we have to fake that episode, do we? Really? <laughs> it's like, first fact. Yeah. Has, yeah, the, has there been an episode where you haven't said penis? There have been a few, yeah. Oh, they wow. Yeah. It's single figures, but... <laughs> yeah. Slow fact week. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, there's no penis facts coming we, up. We do have... Andy um, has this big spreadsheet that he does of all of our facts, and there's about 20,000 facts now that we have on it, and we did a fact not too long ago about farting, and... I went through on my phone on an Excel spreadsheet app to try and find any time we've mentioned fart. But the only way you can do the search is by going to a find and replace thing. So you've got to be very careful. I wasn't careful, and I deleted all the references of fart from there. And James was the person that noticed it. Well, when there was virtually no spreadsheet. Exactly. (laughs) But we discovered most of our material is farts. Yeah. I honestly thought, genuinely, that Andy was so prudish he wouldn't use the word fart. <laughs> and I tried all the other things like bottom burps and all this kind of stuff. 
Good. Um, well, oh, there's a, there, I found out for you, there's a very good little series about backstage at your uh, last tour uh, on YouTube where we get some quite good facts about each of you. Oh, um, yeah. One of which, Anna, was that as a child, you staged a burglary of your own house. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah. I didn't realise I'd shared that. Yeah. Um, I did, yeah. Well, I used to really want to be a spy yeah. and, uh, and a criminal, weirdly. And so I used to pretend to be both of those things quite a lot. And I used to, like, break into my friends' houses. And I remember, in fact, my friend was babysitting someone. And I got myself driven to that house. My parents were sort of very amenable. Uh, so it drove me to this person's house. And I pretended to break in to scare her. And, yeah, I staged a burglary at my house. So it was quite elaborate. There was, like, a treasure chest downstairs, which was mine. And it was just, like, this big old box in the corner. And it was full of basically crap that I picked up. Off, like out of gravel, like bits of shiny stuff. Oh, crack. I thought you said crack. And <laughs> crack. There was crack in there. That was just for Sundays when I was eight. Um, and yeah, one day I took all of that out. I hope my family aren't listening because I've never told them that this was me. Uh, but I took all of that out and then I went to the field next door to the house and I sort of strewed it through the field. And then I left a torn bit of black bin liner halfway up the drive because the story is that, you know, the burglar's got the, the black sack over his shoulder and it gets torn and that's why the stuff falls out. I left a torch battery a bit further up the drive because his torch has gone out, which is why you can't see that he He's dropped all the stuff. Um, I left a glove. I think I left a stripy sort of eye, eye face mask, eye mask thing. <laughs> Murdered but, a child, left yeah. them in the past. Yeah. <laughs> but then it was, it's, maybe it was obvious because obviously I had to explain the logic of all this stuff I'd left. So when I was like, oh my God, all my stuff has been burgled. My parents were like, hey, you know, it's weird that our prices jewelry hasn't gone or our television and yet all of your crap has gone. <laughs> <laughs> And B, I was like, oh, the battery must be because, yeah, it must have fallen out of the torch. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good one. Yeah, I think your parents probably, probably knew. I don't think it matters if you've told the story. I think they probably worked it out. <laughs> no. Can I ask a quick follow-up question? Yeah. Which is, what's the difference between pretending to break into your friend's house who was babysitting and breaking into your friend's house? <laughs> one of them owning up on a podcast doesn't get me arrested <laughs> later on. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that great story? There was a burglary story of a guy was robbing a house and the couple who owned the house came back while he was doing it. So he quickly ran upstairs and hid in their bedroom and thought, fuck, okay, stay quiet, make an escape when they're busy. So they came in and as they were downstairs, one of them told a joke to the other to say, hey, hear this joke, it's really good. Got to the punchline, hit the punchline, and they just heard this laugh I <laughs> <laughs> called the police because they're like, someone's in here and he got busted. Good Love joke, though. That'd be a, I mean, uh, that would be a test, wouldn't it, of a comedian to see yeah. <laughs> they should hide burglars. <laughs> see if they, they, no, there's been one in your house, Rich, for three weeks. <laughs> Not a thing. Your daughter did the joke about uh, Dragon Bone Man and that. That's what got him out. Um, so let me see what else I've got. Dan? Yes. You wanted to be Alan Older when you were a child? Yeah. Yeah. I did, yeah. I was obsessed with M.A.S.H., did you guys get MASH here? Was that a big show? Mm. Yeah. Alan Alda, Hawkeye Pierce in, um, in MASH, was it, was... it was a show I used to watch in Hong Kong, and I used to... So I grew up in Hong Kong, and I used to have a tape recorder, one of those tiny cassette ones, and I used to record episodes and listen back to it on the way to school. I just loved the mixture of comedy and heartfelt drama, mm. how you could jump from hysterical comedy to 
this is the most emotional thing I've, I've ever seen. It, I don't know, it just, that, that really appealed to me, and I always wanted to be Alan Alda. Did you ever, like, dress up as him? And, yeah, like... I think I went one Halloween as, uh, as Alan Alda. Yeah, which was just, like, a basic suit. Like, you know, it was really hard. <laughs> <laughs> it was really hard to tell. He doesn't have a distinct look, really. Um, yeah, I didn't even go as Hawkeye. I went as Alan Alda. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had a few, few mess-ups like that. I went as Dame Edna one year to Halloween at my school in Hong Kong. I was about eight, and, and I, I couldn't get the big wig that Dame Edna had, the big purple wig, so I got this kind of just really long black wig, and I looked like my English teacher as a result. And so I was... <laughs> I just look nothing like Dame Edna. Um, yeah, so Alan Alda and yeah. my English teacher. Have you ever met Alan? I did. I met Alan at um, Hay Festival. Okay. And I got really sentimental when I met him. I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> got really sexually. <laughs> that's why I, that's that's why I, I don't do. want a permanent erection because I learned yeah. no, no, when that's... I met Alan Alda yeah. how awful that can be. It's not for you. It's, there's a bone in there. It's up all the time. Sorry, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, um, I met him and I got really sentimental and I said, you, you changed everything for me. And he looked at me and, and he shook my hand and it felt like a really amazing moment. <laughs> I fell in love with him even more. Oh. Yeah. He is, you know, he's, he, he's not blotted his copybook, has he? He's stayed being unusually for actors. Oh, yeah, it's not too late. Not too late. Let's, <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for him. <laughs> when Hawkeye was a bit, you know, the character was a little bit... Uh, dodgy maybe in hindsight but he was in the middle of a war he was i can't yeah but you're right i I can't remember the series now i haven't watched it in years but like i can't remember those instances but it was quite me too-y wasn't it the whole korean war for for a 77 unit um (laughs) the whole korean war quite me (laughs) too-y it wasn't wasn't the worst thing that happened in the korean war i can't believe the korean war has been cancelled now Or my main... I bought the first series of MASH on DVD and I couldn't watch it because there was, a, there was canned laughter all the way through it. I think you could turn it off, but... And it wasn't even where the jokes were. The laughs were just wow. coming sometimes at things that right. had been so badly put on that it ruined the entire thing. Because I really wanted to watch again to see what it was like. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I couldn't, couldn't bear to watch it because of the laugh track. Right. That's my... That's my only memory of MASH now, but yeah, we used to watch that. It was huge. It was the final episode of it. Was, was it the greatest it was audience? the most watched TV yeah. show ever, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Not sure if it, it still it is. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, it's, it, I watch, when I watch those old shows now, I discovered that the canned laughter that they use in these TV shows was operated by one guy who was playing the laughter basically on an organ that he invented where he'd program laughter into different keys. <laughs> so he would watch the show, and he would, if there was a laugh, he would play the laugh that he thought it deserved, and he had a pedal where he could sustain the laugh or cut it short. Yeah. So you're watching someone basically jam live to <laughs> okay. the thing. And then as time got a bit more progressive and they were like, you know, we should have some women laughing as well. Um, <laughs> they added on, I think it was like the Black Keys, uh, some women. So he's like, men, woman, sustain. <laughs> and yeah, I think I've got that story right. It's possible I've just That's made right. up everything I just said. It's quite but... good to tour with him during COVID, especially when there's no audience, just to have him, but maybe at any time anyway, just to have a guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the laugh organ. 
He got yeah. fired from the church by the vicar, obviously. <laughs> it ruined a lot of services. You've got to, you've got to keep him on side, though, because if you fall out with your laugh organ guy before a gig, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be the worst gig of all time. He's got the booze on the third <laughs> layer. <laughs> we, we did this fact, actually, um, when we had Richard Osman on our podcast. We were talking about theme tunes, and did you guys know this? So Seinfeld, the theme tune, whenever Seinfeld did the stand-up at the beginning, and boom, 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 the song was re-recorded every single episode. Right. The guy was given the footage of Seinfeld doing the stand-up, and he played it because the beats were different. You couldn't jump on his punchline with the bomb, but right. and stuff. So, two hundred something episodes was original music each time right. for Seinfeld. It's extraordinary. It's an easy gig for that guy, isn't it? After the hundred. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of my so one of my most surprising facts I learned last year I didn't know that I knew was about kind of canned laughter. And that it existed, I think the first time it really existed was in France, in Paris, in the ni- early 19th century. They basically had unionised canned laughers, and they were called uh, rears, and then they were subdivided. So basically, if you were putting on a play, you ended up having to hire and let like a bunch of people sit in certain seats. So 10% of this audience would be people that you'd paid to come and laugh and clap and cheer. And if it was a sad play, you'd get them to cry. If it was a funny thing, you'd get them to laugh. And if you didn't pay these guys to come to your play, then they would send their booers. And they would come and boo and jeer all the way through. And it, like classic France, they're like fully unionized, or like hardcore, you can't do anything here unless you pay us to come and clap. Isn't that a great system? Yeah. And that's what we do with our shows now. <laughs> well, we always thought it'd be fun, like, to, especially if you had an enemy comedian or just someone you didn't like as a comedian in Edinburgh to buy every single seat. Yes. Uh, and, and then just at, uh, watch the act and then just at some prearranged moment, everyone just stands up at the same time and takes one step towards the stage. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or just not laugh. I mean, not laugh at anything and then... Just do something really weird. And I think in Edinburgh, it would freak you out so much more than anywhere else as well. Like in the middle of Edinburgh, when you're already a bit paranoid. They'd have a breakdown, yeah. I think. It's yeah. Nice it reminds me of yeah. that guy. Do you remember that guy who, I think it was in the West End, he bought all the tickets for a play and he gave them out free to people. But he did it and he gave bold people specific seats <laughs> so that from above they read out of swear word. Oh, remember that? Yeah. Yes. So they, their bald, shiny head spelled out. Exactly, you know. and I think, I'm pretty sure he yeah. even dotted the eye. <laughs> <laughs> was that just for him to see, or was it the people in the balcony looking down going... The people in the balcony would yeah. see it, yeah. That's yeah. a great idea. Brilliant idea. Because there's not such a good seat in the balcony. You can't quite see the show, but at least you get the little joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's compensation for the cheap ticket. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Right, I'm going to ask you this, and I don't want your favourite fact. You've, uh-huh. you've had a lot of facts. Mm. What is the best fact? What is the best fact? What the, is the best fact. The best fact in the world, please, and I want just one that you all agree on. That we all agree? Well, well that's not going to happen. It's got to be short. Yeah, I think, I think those two word facts are yeah. quite good. What was someone I did recently, I think? Uh, dinosaurs migrated. Dinosaurs migrated. Yeah. We had... Um, and we I had, did... Trees fart. Trees fart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mice cough is two words, nine letters, very short. Is that interesting, though? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Mice cough? I, we. That's four letters. We're going for the shortest. (laughs) I think... I am. Uh, Are we there for I am? (laughs) Fish yawn. Fish yawn. Is that that interesting, Dan? I think so, yeah. Oh, great. Thank you. (laughs) Brilliant. What is the, the what is our best possible fact? I think it's the I think it's one of yours, Andy. The one that we'd all converge on. It's about a Swedish food. Oh yeah. Oh, that Swedish meatballs contain so little meat that legally they have to be known as balls. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. Actually, I think the best one is herring uh, communicate by farting. <laughs> uh, that is the one that comes up the most on Twitter and every time, okay. I'm sure we said this last time, every time that is tweeted, I get that retweeted to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I do. Well, talking of balls, I've, it's very in, inconsiderate and uh, impolite of you to bring up balls <laughs> as, I only have, as I only have one ball. But I wondered if you guys had any ball facts. Did you? Have, did well, I, you... I, I once won a bet by knowing the word orchidectomy in okay. a pub, which was very exciting for me. Yeah. yeah, me being in a pub, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. It's good you won a bet for knowing the word. Well, I didn't win anything for actually having the procedure. <laughs> so is that the procedure? Is that orchidectomy? Orchidectomy. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the yeah. Removal of Don't point at me. <laughs> sorry. I'm very, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Very, I'm, very, I did some Googling and I found a paper from 2016 which is called Morphological Abnormalities uh, in the Gonads of Baltic Herrings. <laughs> uh, and I found that currently uh, in the Baltic Sea it's about 1 in 200 herring have only one penis. Uh, one, one penis. Have one, <laughs> have one testicle. Right. Uh, but it's getting worse. Okay. Uh, and over the years there are more and more herring that are losing their testicles. Well, that's, that is borne yeah. out. By facts. Yeah. I think we might start tweeting that one instead. <laughs> <laughs> you are not alone, though. Comforting, right? Right. Yeah. All these, all these, all these b- other ones. Ballless yeah. herrings. Yeah. I, read, I read about a um, testicle transplant that happened, and it's only the third time in history, as far as we know, that it happened. The first few were in the 1940s. So this was more recently. I think it was a few years ago. Um, and so two twins were born, and one of the twins was born with no testicles at all. And at age 36, they decided to have a, um, a transplant surgery. So they took one testicle from one of the twins wow. and put it in the other twin. That's a great idea. Yeah. So it was a guy who did the first ever penis transplant, the doctor, called Dr. Dickin Co. And he, 
Cuts. <laughs> Is that the name of his company, Dr. Dick and Cuts? So it's, Dick- <laughs> <laughs> it's Dickon and then surname K.O. Okay. Yeah, and... Um, <laughs> so here are the rules. If you lose a testicle, you've got about four to six hours to get it back in there and attached. Okay. That's the sort of life cycle outside of the human body that it can experience. So they had to put them each in two different rooms, and there was surgery happening on both of them. So one testicle was removed. They quickly ran the testicle over to the identical twin who was on another bed in the other hospital and they another reattached hospital? it. No, sorry, in the other room. <laughs> You'd think Let's make a, it interesting. That's a booking cock-up, isn't it? I mean... That, there's so much jeopardy with your one testicle on, on ice, presumably, and you've yeah. got to get it from one side. Now, that would be other. an episode... If there was a hospital-based sitcom where you had, you know, the whole episode is we're just trying to get this one testicle from one room to another room and things keep getting in the way. Like, there are two guys carrying a sheet of glass across the corridor <laughs> yeah. that holds them up for a bit. And, you know, yeah. a, I think that would make a really gripping... It's knocked out and it bounces away and you've got to chase... Yep. Like, like Baby Day, Baby's Day Out. I don't know if you've seen that movie. I haven't seen Baby's Day Out, no. Is there a testicular sort of disaster in Baby's Day Out? <laughs> no. Because it doesn't sound like... <laughs> no, it's just a baby that they can't catch. Uh, I've replaced the baby with a testicle. That's what I was trying to do there. Um, it's well, like... I don't think in Andy's version the testicles run away. They don't, you're not catch, trying to catch the testicle, are you? Is they that can the, roll, you know. They, they'll that's roll what I'm if saying, you drop one on the floor. It rolls. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, so yeah, they, so they managed happened. to do it, and he successfully had his... So he now has his brother's testicle inside of him. And why did wow. they do that? Because <laughs> genetically, he doesn't need any of the medication that would reject the testicle that they have to give you if you're getting it from but a different donor. But why does he want eight? Well... Actually, oh, I think my question is, why did he wait so long? Because he's 36. He's now like, okay, I'm done with these now. You can have one. Why didn't he just do it when he was 18? <laughs> um, maybe it's the, it's the third time in history it's ever happened. It's not as if it was just a random thing you could do. Fine. He was in Serbia, I think. They had to fly in Dr. Dickin from, <laughs> from America. Also, 18 years of having sex without getting anyone pregnant. Then he was 36. Like, I want to get someone pregnant. It's quite... It's quite a good yeah. system. Yeah, actually, I bet he's going, I'm the new ball, brother, <laughs> bad luck. <laughs> it's, it's like a reverse vasectomy, isn't it? Like, if you could have your testicles removed at the age of 18 for your 18th birthday, yeah. knowing you could have them back at the age of 35, would you do that? <laughs> I don't know why I'm looking at I you, do. Anna. <laughs> Give me only last for four hours outside. <laughs> <laughs> the scrotum. What's the benefit of losing your well, testicles? Like Rich said, it's like a vasectomy, but you've, you know, you know quite an extreme vas- Why not just have a vasectomy and then have the vasectomy yeah. reversed? It, well, depends you know, a, it depends yeah. a lot on how much you trust the people who are going to be keeping them for the next 18 years, because that's a long time. I think you keep them yourself, don't you? And have they the gone to someone else? Have they, is it like a, a testicle share? Do they get them for the next... Well, then who... But if, you, if, you have a, if those testicles have a child, then whose child is it legally? Who's responsible, yeah. If they're your testicles, but they're on someone else when they have a baby. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Imagine I'm that. Fa- I'm starting to think I might not go on Dragon's Den after all. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the guy who... This is a famous rugby match in the 80s, who, th- he was one of the All Blacks, and they were in a match against France, and they were in a big scrum. And one of them, during this, got, like, there was a lot of violence going on right in the middle. One of them got four teeth knocked out. I think it was called something Shel- Shelton? Something like Thank you. Matt Shelford. Buck. Buck. Buck Shelford. 
B-U-C-K? What a name. Buck Shelford. <laughs> it's, with that kind of name, you've got to be hard. And he was. So he had his testicle ripped off, right? He lost four Ooh. teeth in the middle of the scrum, and uh, like the stud of uh, opposition boot caught his testicle, ripped it o- right open, and he darted to the side of the pitch, had it quickly sewn up, got straight back on, and played <laughs> the rest of the game until he was knocked unconscious uh, in the second half. <laughs> that, if you're called Buck, I guess you've got to do it. Yeah, I didn't feel like playing playing any kind of sport for immediately afterwards on week. You just kind of cringed when Anna said oh, that. Yeah, no, but I, I'm, I'm yeah. very, you know, it was... I could, I, I could actually take it all... Well, it could, I was under anaesthetic, so it was fun. But I, I'm very, very squeamish about stuff like that. But surely every, every man is a little yeah. squeamish about his testicles yeah. being ripped off in a scrum. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. All the old-fashioned. <laughs> but that's what... Because the scrum was very much... That was what I remember about the scrum at school. What was the, what the, there was, was the that? arm up. The, you'd have to put your arm up and grab onto the, the jersey. Was yeah. this just at my school? <laughs> you have the arm up. <laughs> it's just the gesture you, you're doing. You grab very... onto the jumper... Of, 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 the, of, of the, the person in front, so you'd be bend, you bend over like that, and then you get your hand R- up there. Andy, it, you if grab you bend over, that. then he'll show you. That. <laughs> <laughs> you grab it, and so it was always felt very. It's what yeah. you never, you never wanted to be in the scrum because yeah. that was. That I was think was it on. like fingers up the bum and stuff? That's what they do, don't they? I, I wasn't a rugby player. Right. We, I didn't do that with Tim Key when we were playing football. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember there was that um, charity story? We did, I think you mentioned it on the podcast where it was someone for charity were going to um, give them, they were going to shave their genital region. It was a guy. Oh, yes. And he, he went to shave his uh, testicles. Was it? It was getting the strips. He waxed. was getting a strips on his testicles. Oh. And his mate, who, who ripped off the strip, was so enthusiastic oh, yeah. and used so much force that seven layers of skin were ripped <laughs> off in the moment. They said he was like half a, like one layer away from his testicle just plopping out. And what we learned from that is that you have eight layers of skin on your testicles, <laughs> see? That's where we get our facts, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, we were devastated when we heard that about you, as I'm sure everyone here was, so we're so happy that you're well. It still hasn't grown back, I've only still got one though. <laughs> you're so devastated, oh, let's come on and do loads of testicles being ripped off material. <laughs> I, did. I did ask, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> you know Logan Paul, the guy who's that boxer who's yeah, been doing yeah. the YouTube? Apparently he's missing about 15% of one of his testicles. <laughs> really? I'm going to say he's missing about 15 testicles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is he really? Yeah, he was, it was in a stunt. Some, an accident happened and he kind of just like shaved off Crumbs. a bit of testicle inside. Crumbs. I don't know. Rich is missing a whole one. Mean, this feels uh, insulting yeah. to raise someone who's missing 15%. <laughs> How'd you shave off a bit of it? I don't know. I don't know. It was an accident. Well, he's got like 15 million followers or something, hasn't he, on, on YouTube, so it might be worth it. Well, yeah. what? Well, because he did that. I don't think that's what got him the followers, though. <laughs> okay. We were talking about it the other week, but he, he, that boxing match he just did, he made yeah. something like 50 to $100 million yeah. for one fight. With Floyd Mer- Merriweather, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Floyd Merriweather certainly made that much, so it's, it's pretty incredible. Why are testicles so fragile when they're so important? Mm. Can't just and why are they where they are? Like yeah. really, theoretic, they're there because they need to be kept cool. Yeah. But in theory, the best place for them would be hanging off the ears. <laughs> That's what we reckon. Really? Like that would be the coolest place for them to hang. Like earrings. Just <laughs> like, like yeah, just little earrings. Well. But then maybe they're too exposed. You know, you punch yeah. someone around the head, don't you? They're still pretty exposed where they are. <laughs> it's, harder, it's harder to kick someone in the ears, I think. Yeah. 
There's a story that Polynesian explorers, whenever they were navigating, in order to find where the current was going, they would dip their testicles into the water, and that would because it's the most sensitive bit of the mm. body. So if they needed to know where to go, where the current was pushing, they'd go, "Yep, left," and they would. <laughs> That's right, isn't it? That's yeah, that yeah, is yeah, right. Yeah. But then, Rich, if you did that, you'd just be going around in circles. All the time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, they're very stupid things. I think I, I think everyone should have one off. I've said this before. Really? It's much more comfortable. I recommend it. Honestly, it's, it's more comfortable. Isn't yeah, it? not more comfortable. You know, it was the big. It was the big one. Of the two, there's one a bit bigger, yeah. and it's just there's a lot more room for the other guy now, and the pants are much more comfortable. When I go running, it's much more comfortable. Interesting. Wow! And you yeah. said it goes to the middle, right? Yeah, because so sort of... otherwise you'd have to put something in to balance it out on the. Well, other Well, you side. can. You are if you do put something in. We have talked about this. You can have prosthetic, but I just felt that was. You want to just keep your change yeah. there, or. <laughs> Well, I kind of, I would like to put a stone from my, my in my stone clearing podcast, I, I'd been saying how I wanted to gradually replace my bodily parts with stones until I was all stone. <laughs> and so if I'd done that, if I'd said, can you make this sanitised and put that in instead, I think they'd have said no. I was I didn't thinking ask. of you the other day, Rich, which was, I read this fact, which was in, I think it was the 13th century in China, they employed people to clear all the stones from the fields around the towns. And the reason is that the Mongols would come over with their catapults and they would take stones from the ground and then catapult them over, so they needed someone to clear all the stones away. It feels I'd like have been great. That would have been yeah. fantastic for me. What if they just cleared them into a part? Where do they, they clear them to that the Mongols couldn't <laughs> get them? <laughs> They'd have had to put them in the middle of the town. They had to break so them there was just like a lot of stones in the town and no one could live there because of all the stones. Yeah, and then the Mongols just came up with a technique of just bringing them from somewhere else so yeah. it didn't really work. Mm. And sometimes they would get like w- uh, wood, bits of trees, and then soak it so it goes rock hard and then use that instead of a rock. So it's completely pointless. Yeah. So if they had conkers, they'd have really cheated at conkers. They'd have been putting their conkers in vinegar and everything, the Mongols. Yeah. You couldn't trust them. Did you have anything... This almost feels like it's a, a myth that you, people just say, but obviously eunuchs, their voice goes high up. Did you have any tonal change? It doesn't... <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> but, I mean, it doesn't sound like it, right? But... No, I, I don't... Th- I think it'd be interesting, I think, if you lost both of them, but I think the other one steps up. The reason there are two... <laughs> I think the other one steps up in everything. I haven't noticed really any differences. But as I, again, I think I said this the other week, but also that includes I don't feel any different in my gender or my, you know, I, I don't think it's, although it sort of defines your gender in some ways, I don't, I don't feel that's where your, your, your the feeling of who you are comes from. And I um, think, yeah, as a eunuch, you'd ha- it has to be earlier than that, I think, doesn't it? You've got yeah. to have them off before you hit adolescence, I assume. And you're not going to go high pitch when you're 50, so except if- for that one moment when they're chopped off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so okay. the, young, the young boys would have them chopped off so that they didn't get the testosterone pumped into the body, which makes your voice deeper. Oh, so the their start. voice doesn't break, basically. Yeah, exactly. The- okay. yeah, yeah. You can't unbreak your voice. You can't put it back together, Dan, I'm afraid. No, I okay. No, I, I, didn't well, I think that. if you do lose both, then you you have to have there's there's, there's issues with testosterone, obviously, yeah. uh, and if you lose both, there's there's proper issues with testosterone. Mm. So you have to have some. But they they are test they testing me for testosterone. They didn't tell me what the they don't tell me much. They do keep on testing things. They didn't tell me that it was as I said to you backstage. They didn't tell me till after I'd had the, had the operation that 99 percent of people 
survive testicular cancer. Mm. So for the three weeks up to the, up to the operation, I was thinking, no, it's, you know, this yeah. could be it. If they'd said that at the beginning, that would have been yeah, helpful. Yeah, right. So we were discussing this earlier, right? Were, are you the kind of person who Googles your symptoms or not? Well, it was weird with this. I, go- I Googled what, because it was one that got a bit bigger and harder, and I Googled it, and the first time I Googled it, it basically said, ah, it's all right. But and what were the, you Googling? Because Anna was saying that she would Google a symptom and then the word benign, just so that she gets all the good <laughs> prices. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. I Googled because honestly, the first time I did it, it said, yeah, don't worry about it. The second time I Googled it, it said, go to the doctor. Right. So and I, I don't think I put anything different <laughs> to the search engine, wow. but I must have done a bit, I suppose. So, or I just, maybe the first time I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to believe it, so I read you the had bias yeah. kind of clicking going yeah. on towards you. Know. Um, you know, because I still was pretty clear until... You know, even after the first time, the, the GP thought it wasn't anything. Wow. So, um, and I think it, there's a, an epididymitis or something it's called where you're, you get sort of a, a bulge in your, the, all the tubules behind. Your epididymis. Yeah, epididymis. It's a great word, that, isn't it? Um, it is. And so that was the obvious diagnosis. So I think that may be what I thought it was the first time. Mm. He said, yes, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not cancer. Mm. So I'm suing the fuck off that. <laughs> <laughs> No, they've been they've been, ama- they been absolutely uh, amazing all the all the way through. And in fact, you know, that he didn't go. I'm British, sure nothing. Go home. It'll be fine. He went. We're going. You go to hospital anyway. So they were. And given it all happened during, uh, but like all through last year, I was thinking, wow, this would be a bad time to get seriously ill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, there's no cancer in my family. You know, no, and there's no, and this is usually hereditary. Usually happens to much younger men. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, there's usually some sign of it. So it's kind of really weird. That, it's, that, it ha- that happened to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I was... I've always... You know, I still haven't really quite accepted <laughs> that it's happened. I mean, because it, do, it doesn't... But it hasn't felt like... It, it sounds bad, but it doesn't feel... It hasn't felt at all bad, really, well, apart from, like, one or two moments. But because you're also with people who are, look much iller than you all the way through. Mm. So every time you go for a scan, there are people lying on beds unable to breathe and you're you know writing your blog on your ma- on your <laughs> macbook uh and it just all the way through it's just felt like i'm fine and this is like and, and and it is just like it's like cancer tourism it's been really good it's been really interesting but it's also interesting that it's it's survivable and cancer isn't the end and chemotherapy isn't the end and people, that's why the thing i was saying the other people get very oh my goodness about it but actually you know there's, it's, it's a positive thing to talk about, I think, so I'm glad I'm getting the opportunity yeah. to talk about it. But it's for most people, and especially increasingly, most cancers are, are at least treatable, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, and survivable. Yeah. But anyway. And, you know, it's, and, it's, and it's funny that it's happened to me. <laughs> did um, you keep it? Uh, I, you know, I wish I did. I mean, I, I wish that I'd asked. I don't think you're allowed. I think, I think you're allowed to keep it, if you say my religion dictates that this has to be destroyed oh, okay. in a certain way, that it has oh, to be buried in a certain not way. Not your religion right. dictates you have to keep it on a mantelpiece. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not even your religion says, I want to take this as a prize for Taskmaster Champion of Champions. <laughs> <laughs> Which was literally my first thought. When she said, I wasn't even upset when the GP said, we're going to have to take it off. And I was, I was just itching to go, can I, can I keep it? But I think a lot of people must ask that. Yeah, yeah. It was the first question that came to mind, and I feel like, yeah. But I didn't ask it, and I don't think you're allowed to. Good to know. Yeah. It is good to know, in case it happens to you. Good to know for me. Thank you. You never know. They should put it in a museum somewhere, like the Bishop of of Durham's 
cancerous rectum, which is in the is in the Hunterian or yes, something. Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I would, you know, I would have liked them to do that. My oncologist actually is a Taskmaster fan and was quite excited about me, so he might have kept it surreptitiously. <laughs> like when we had Annika Rice on, she was looking for a, if you had Annika Rice was looking for a head from Madame Two Swords, which was she used to be in Madame Two Swords, but now she isn't, obviously. Oh. And so she spent she did a show about trying to find her head. I think they right. melt them down, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. So, well, they sometimes they repurpose them because yeah. there's, there's that Bible museum in America where they wanted to do a waxwork walk of, you know, Jesus and, and all the characters, but they couldn't afford to make new waxworks, so they got old waxworks from other museums in place. So I think Jesus is played by Tom Cruise, and <laughs> Prince Philip is like Moses. Yeah, yeah. So she might be in a Bible museum. But somewhere. I'm pretty sure with Annika Rice that some guy's just taken the Annika Rice head. And put it on an anagrized body somewhere. <laughs> yeah. and it's, and now, I would think I might have been the first person to suggest that to Annika Rice. <laughs> don't think she'd thought of that. Um, but she did say the guy who designed it had a picture of, the, of her head in his house. Wow. I'm, I'm putting two and two together and, right. and making, I've got the. I've, if you can make people out of wax, there's got to be, there's got to be some of those. Not all those guys are above board, is what I'm saying. There's got to some of those guys are making Wait, you everything. He, you think he made her head, and then he stole the head that he'd yeah. made himself? Once it was that, he just thought, I'll take that home with me, and then he's got Annika Rice's head, and you know, the rest. Sure. <laughs> the rest <laughs> is history. If I had, if I'd got, I, I, I definitely would have taken it home. We all well, would. okay, definitely. Would. <laughs> it feels like you've moved on from robot <laughs> sex dolls. <laughs> This, it's, this, it's the you know it's the Victorian robot sex, isn't it? Yeah. The wax mannequin. If you're telling me none of those Victorians drilled a little hole anywhere, <laughs> <laughs> was that a thing? I, I mean, I know you're asking, but um, do you guys know? Was that? Do you guys know? <laughs> Madam Tussauds. Not from your facts. Just you ever done sex dolls. Wax work sex dolls. It kind of makes sense. No, I don't. Well, I don't know of any. I can only think of that they made dildos out of breadsticks in ancient Egypt. That's the only thing that comes into my head. Yeah. I guess if you're if you're having sex too vigorously, there could be the danger of melting or fire. 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 You've got to. So they don't rub it two sticks together. It sort of is if it's wax, isn't it? I don't think it's. They don't have wicks in them, I don't think, <laughs> running up the middle. I always think a disadvantage of being famous, genuinely, is it is likely after death that you will be dismembered and your body parts distributed around the world. Yeah. So this, you know, you've got to watch out Taskmaster et al. Um, <laughs> Sorry, when's that last happened to a modern celebrity? <laughs> okay, modern, fine, I don't know. But we, you read about so many historical characters, like yeah, Napoleon's yeah. penis, which was yeah. cut off, went Rasputin's missing. Rasputin's penis. Rasputin's penis. Was it uh, Schubert? He- Schubert kept someone else's head, or someone else kept Schubert's head in front of them to inspire their composing. Hand- Handel's head. Handel's head. Schubert kept Handel's head yeah. in front of him to inspire him. And, you know, Charlie, if you're famous enough... Charlie Chaplin was stolen from his grave. Yeah. Which led to the first ever police sting, didn't it? It was as in they tapped a phone. It was the first ever bust of a phone being tapped to find, you know, keep them on the line for a minute, that, that movie right. thing. The that person was, with Charlie Chaplin's head? That was, that, that was to recover his body. All of Charlie Chaplin. Ah, they took the all of them, yeah. Sorry, the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but these things come up in auctions, don't they? So your testicle. Yeah. You know, it was an impressive... They sent me the dimensions of it, and it was it was impressive. 
What kind of sporting ball was it the size of? <laughs> I've made it out of Play-Doh. Um, it was more like a sort of ping-pong ball that had been squashed. Got it. Okay. Nice. It's about, it's, sure. it, was, it was bigger than you'd think a testicle would be. Yeah. So it was the whole thing. I saw, I saw online the other day, just speaking of body parts that are going around, um, the inventor of Frisbee, you can currently buy a Frisbee that has his ashes scattered in each of the Frisbee. You can have the owner, the, the creator of the Frisbee in what your do, Frisbee. What do you mean? So he's distributed his ashes in a thousand Frisbees or something? Yeah, exactly. Limited, limited edition. Limited edition. <laughs> and can you request not to have that? If it, <laughs> no, it's like a Willy Wonka thing. If you find it, you go to the Frisbee factory. Yes. But yeah. I think he like, put his ashes in the uh, moulding process, didn't he? And, yeah. yeah. Nice. But they're I mean, on sale now. Like, it's a new product. What? Has the creator of Frisbees just died? No, he died, I think, quite a long time ago. But <laughs> the so 90s, what, I think. What, what have they been waiting for to, to make... Just a long time to make. The science wasn't there yet. I guess, yeah. <laughs> You've been hanging on to the thing. What can we do with these ashes? How are we ever going to make money out of the ashes of this guy? It'd be better if this each Frisbee had a piece of his body, not like weird, his finger. He... Could get... That's actually Frisbee's finger. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit weird because it's the only ashes that you would scatter and that then could be scattered back to you. <laughs> yeah. You think it's a boomerang? <laughs> no, there's someone throwing the frisbee at the other end. I guess so, yeah. 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 Sorry, I only played you lone was... frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> I always had to go and pick it up. <laughs> I love people who plan their deaths to befit their lives. Like the guy who invented Pringles had his, was buried in a Pringles can, wasn't he? <laughs> he was buried his ashes were put in a Pringles can. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have a large Pringle-shaped coffin <laughs> commissioned. Although... Or have his whole body squeezed into a yeah, Pringles absolutely. can. Yeah, absolutely. But once it's closed, you have to keep it closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, so let me ask you this. How have you stayed friends? If you haven't. Oh, have you stayed friends? Over the it's how long has it been? Four, four or five years? Seven. Seven, seven years. years, yeah. But we've known each other much longer. Like yeah. James and I have known each other since about 2003 in a working, like we started at QI in roughly 2004, around that yeah, time. Yeah. But you've been but working you'd... very closely together and touring together in a bus together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And often, like, even two people in a bus together can be too yeah. many people. No, we fight. It's, it's very yeah. sibling. You know, yeah. we, we do have fallouts and stuff, but oh, really? I think... We're quite good at going to an airport and all going in different directions <laughs> and not talking to each yeah. other for long periods. Yeah. <laughs> Andy's very good at finding a, a carriage on the train where the rest of us aren't sitting. Yes. <laughs> My skill. Yeah. I actually remember, I think one of the first proper conversations I had with Andy, I was reminded of it on my way to this venue. So we're in Clapham now. So it wasn't classified or anything, was it? No. no. Uh, we're in Clapham. And I went past that pub, the asparagus, the Weatherspoons. Um, and I remember being at that pub and going out for a cigarette. And I just started working at QI. And you came past. And so we had a chat. And you talked about how you'd, be, you'd just been to a course in how to fall over in an amusing way. And... <laughs> Do you remember? Because you, you, went, you went to a clowning course, I, I think. I, did, I, I attended a very brief clowning. <laughs> it wasn't clowning. Andy, can, you, can you show us the music way to fall? Or? I can, I, no, I oh. can't. I didn't graduate from clown school. That was the thing. I didn't get my diploma. You it was Dr., Dr. Brown. Oh, yes. You know, the terrifying Edinburgh clown. Yes. Who 
there was only four days on the course, and normally they take months and months, and they break you down, and then they build you back up again. But he only really had time to begin the process of breaking everyone down. <laughs> so everyone just, it got harder and harder. And I, I remember saying to my wife, I don't want to go back to clown school today. <laughs> <laughs> it was so miserable. It was really depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Oh, Do you days. all go like on a school bus where you're on a tiny little car and then you just jump out of the end? <laughs> the school bus falls apart before the end of every single journey. It's a nightmare. Um, yeah. God, that was, a, that was honestly a horrible experience. Why so, did you bring that up, Anna? <laughs> oh, it's about us being friends. And that's when I thought this guy's going to be my friend. He's such a nerd. No one else is going to befriend the poor chap. And <laughs> that's where it really cemented. Yeah. But yeah, we don't. So I, f- I fall over to amuse Anna every now and then, uh, and that helps keep things together. Keep me on side. Yeah. yeah. But you, you know, you kind of seven years ago, you can't, you couldn't kind of thought this will be still going in seven years' time, no or way. that it will be the the sort of phenomenon that it's become. I don't think any of us expected. But you don't expect. And if you knew, if you knew that how things would turn out, it yeah. would freak you out so much. Like if you, or if you meet the person who you might marry, if you got told that when you met them, you're going to marry this person, you would probably mess up the meeting so badly that you ended up not marrying them. The meeting? (laughs) 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 And you went to every first date with a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if we would have been horrified or excited if we'd been told in the first episode that we'd still be doing this bloody thing seven or eight years. Every week. I mean, that's the thing I was thinking about recently. Every fucking week we do this. And yeah, (laughs) Jesus. But that's all your fault. Yeah, it's completely my fault. Because in the first episode, you said a weekly podcast. You didn't have to say that. (laughs) Didn't have to. Just said it by accident. And then we've got all these messages going, looking forward to next week. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, okay. I mean, I'm glad we've done it. It's, it's been amazing. And, uh, but it, yeah, seven years is it's a, long, yeah. it's a long time. It's the best, and I think you found it with, with this show as well and the subsequent shows, that, as you said, when we were talking earlier about Do TV and stuff like that, you can do so much more as a podcast. The yeah. touring, we've written a few books, we did a vinyl, you know, like just random cool things that you can do. And, um, and we still have these ideas that you just go, hey, wouldn't it be fun to do like a laser disc? You know, or something that means like a, a frisbee. Let's do a frisbee. Dance. The frisbee of our ashes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just cremate a tiny bit of all of us. <laughs> yeah, a laser disc because that's, that's new to I think all three of the others here. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought I'd mentioned that already. Yeah, okay. wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. I don't know what that is. Oh, it was a bit of technology that happened and then disappeared. Um, so yeah, it's completely redundant. But it was like a giant CD, but it was for movies. Like it, was fris- it was like a frisbee, Anyone? actually. A DVD? Yeah. It was a giant DVD. Jonathan Ross right. has a very big collection of laser discs, I believe. I think I talked that back to episode four of this podcast. I think I talked to Jonathan Ross about his very impressive collection of lasers. They were going to be this big thing. They were huge, yeah. Uh, and they were, they were huge, and they're yeah. not. And I doubt anyone but Jonathan Ross could play. You get one customer. Well, I'll tell you what. For your laser discs. Back to the Future. When yeah. he goes to the Future, there's laser discs everywhere. Yeah. As, that's my memory of the movie. So, yeah. So, you know. They didn't it, predict everything right, did they? <laughs> <laughs> they got hoverboards. But... And he's got four fax machines. Does he? 
But there's a, it gets fired, when he goes into the future, gets fired by a fax machine, and there's about four fax machines, and they all pop out, you're fired. Yeah. In, you know, like fax machines would yeah. in yes. 1984, <laughs> in that same sort of printout. But, you know, they can't, it's not like they knew what was going to come in the future, they had to guess. When was yeah. it based back to the future? Is it gone, or is it? It's 85, and then there's Back to the Future 2's... So when was it set, the second one? Has it gone, was, have we gone past yeah, 2015? Yeah, 2015 is when the second film was. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. there were loads of... Like, the, all of the news, all of 2015, if you remember, was the stuff that came true from Back to the Future. And all I can remember is hoverboards and them claiming they had come true. But I still don't have one. So I don't know what happened. Oh, yeah, those hoverboards where they're actually just wheels that you go... They're like a Segway without uh, handlebars. So I don't oh, know. yeah, yeah. Is that hovering when you're on wheels? <laughs> Feels like cheating. They've just redefined the word just to make the prediction come true, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. But fax machines go back a long way, right? The first fax machine was in the 1880s or 1890s, wasn't it? Well, 1885 is when the first Back to the when Back to the Future 3 is set. Yeah. So you could theoretically have a fax machine in Back to the Future 3, but it would have been seen as implausible and anachronistic. No one would believe it. Yeah. You'd have to throw in a very long explanatory speech. <laughs> They did, actually. Because they had remote signatures. Do you remember this? There was a, yes. like an, a, a 19th century president who signed their name between America and Britain via sort of signature facts. Yeah, Margaret Atwood does signings like that. Yeah. She has a robotic yeah. arm, so you can go to a book signing in London, but she's in, say, Toronto. She's awesome. And it's just yeah. this robot arm, and she's controlling it from her side. Is it like it a doll of Margaret Atwood, or is it just the arm? Is it like a dismembered arm, or...? I think it... I haven't actually seen it. Yeah, good question. Um, thank you for asking. Um, it, <laughs> I think it's a metallic arm, yeah. That's just, my and then you have a video of her live. My ideal woman would have the head of Annika Rice and the arm of Margaret Atwood. <laughs> 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 the mechanical arm. <laughs> but she's in Toronto. <laughs> so I'd use that for... <laughs> that would get more people in your book science. <laughs> I can't... <laughs> So what you're saying, Rich, is you would go to a Margaret Atwood book signing and ask her to wipe you off. Because <laughs> wow. well, she's in Toronto. I admire yeah. her. She's one of my favourite authors. <laughs> that would be something to tell the kids about, wouldn't it? And is that cheating? Is that cheating? If Margaret Atwood's <laughs> not even her. I'm not sure Margaret Atwood would approve of this conversation. I can't believe. It's not, it's not even really her. It's the, it's the perfect way to kill it. But, like, it would be her technique, right? <laughs> yeah, it would be yeah. her technique. But you go back to your wife and say, I got wanked off by oh. a mechanical hand to be controlled by Margaret Atwood. Any wife is going to go, that's fair enough. <laughs> I, love, I love Alias Grace. It would hold up the queue at the book signing so much. <laughs> Once, once you ask for that, everyone <laughs> would want one. It's not going to hold out that much, Andy. She's <laughs> <laughs> been knackered at the end of that signing. Oh my god! It's it's not her, right? Hang it on. It is her. It is her it's because the it's her. No, but oh, she's she's, oh, it. Sorry, yeah. she's, she's sitting in Toronto, just going like this to the air. Mark. She's. Such I don't a think good she woman. would. She would have something in her hand, like a cocktail shaker, just. So it's being used, uh, right? 
cucumber. <laughs> well, I think we've done her justice and her great literary output. Can I? I'm hoping Margaret would be a guest on this one day. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully this won't be the episode if I if I direct message say, "Will you come on the podcast?" <laughs> Just don't listen to. <laughs> be hard not to mention that now, wouldn't it? If I have her on... It's going to come up. I'll definitely have men- mentioned the mechanical <laughs> hand. Oh, dear. Hey, look, we, we're going to have to uh, draw a close to proceedings. It's been fantastic. Uh, what, what have you got coming up? You've got a tour coming up, right? Yeah, all over. Uh, the UK and yep. Ireland, Dublin. And if I can't come to the tour... <laughs> If you can't come, we will, we'll we'll be doing the signing afterwards. Yeah. We're not. Andy will take care of the remote wanking, if that's what you're wondering. Well, you guys get to sign things and talk to people. Though. I'm just here. You're just gonna be busy. In the yeah. Good. And is there another? But I only got the book of the year joke today. You only got. I, well, I only got the joke of book of the. You always do a book of the year, but then it's the book. Your book of the is your book is the book of the year. Exactly. Yeah. I only got it today. Oh, well, right. great. Well, it makes it impossible <laughs> to search for, doesn't it? Because as soon as you go on Amazon and search for book of the year, you get Margaret Atwood's book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did, we stopped it with the pandemic year. Obviously, there wasn't much news, so right. we thought we'd stop. We were going to do the booklet of the year, which right. could have been nice, and we uh, we half thought that might be an empty notebook kind of thing, but. Um, yeah, no, the tour, is, the tour is the main thing at the moment. Yeah. So it's called Nerd Immunity, and we're writing at the moment. We had our first session today of writing it, which mm. is always fun, sort of getting back into that. Is it a different show every play? Do you record we, them all and put them... Yeah. We do a live podcast recording in the second half, and we always write a first okay. full kind yeah. of full show in the first half, yeah. Sure. yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah, but it kind of... It's, the hope is if the first half is good enough, we can suck in the second half. So at least we've got something that's solid in the first half. Sure. Um, but also 26 shows like you guys... Like you do here, 26 shows in a row, then you can take half a year off. Yeah. 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 So. And it's pretty exciting, the idea of being back in front of an audience, in front of actual human beings. Yeah. I mean, it's scary right now, but <laughs> we will get used to it again. Yeah. No, it is. So. Well, I think we're saying about yeah, but it's been great for us all to be able to carry on doing what we've been doing again. You know with that that autonomy that you have, but it is it's such a different thing to to be in front of a crowd. It does. I mean, not today. They've been useless, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> but no, it really lifts it and changes it to a completely different thing. And you get you know we'd never have come up with that Margaret would wanking off thing without without an audience to show off to in front of. And you know that's. That's, you know, my work on earth is done now. <laughs> That's how I feel. Um, look, it's been fantastic to see you all. Ladies and gentlemen, give a massive round of applause to No Such Thing as a Fish, James, Anna, Andrew, and that, Dan, who won't be in it for much longer. See you next time, everyone. Bye. You have been listening to Holostopher with me, Richard Herring, and my guests. No such thing as a fish. There is obviously such a thing as a fish. They're idiots. The music is by Scant Regard. Thank you to Kathleen McKeegan, who did the research for us on these shows. The excellent Rahalastapa, Rahalastapa.com. And I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. I'm indebted, of course, to Chris Evans, not that one, for all the work he does behind the scenes making this stuff fly and work, and he's a genius. Um, I'm also very much indebted to uh, all of the team, the Clapham Grant, Ali Wolf, and everyone else who have been absolutely fantastic and welcomed us for this uh, brief run. 
uh, of podcasts. Still a few more to come. Uh, and this is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Go to GoFasterStripe.com slash badges to become a monthly badger. Um, and remember, you get 50% off those live streams. GFSBoxOffice.com slash Rahulastapa. See you later, my finest friends. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.